Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Shoemaker and Keith Quinn. Good morning and welcome to Talk Money here on AM 990 where we'll help you focus on your financial future. We have got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about some common truths that aren't so truthful with well, Paul you know, Rich. And, and Paul Rich is uh, one of those guys that uh, comes with a wealth of knowledge, first of all, and uh, kind of a down-to-earth approach on a lot of the things we're going to be talking about. I mean, some of the things are so complex, Paul's got a gift that he can take the complexity and move it to where... Very simple to understand, and, and pretty much job. of an eye-opening thought process that it I is. think helps a lot of people. Paul is a certified financial planner in Savannah, Tennessee. Paul, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Keith. I appreciate being on the show. I do want to say one thing. Uh, my daughter went to Union, and so I know Union's a sponsor and great school. So yeah, it is. That's great. An awesome school. Yeah, thank you, but, sir. But, uh, you know, over the years, I have uh, just seen many clients come in, and, and they'll say something. Or I've, I've seen, listened to radio programs, or I've read magazines, and I've heard people say something, and... You know, many times I believed what they would say, and over the years I've seen that, you know, some of the things we believe is maybe not true. And we just kind of assume it's true because we've heard it so we've much. We've heard it so much right. that, you know, and one of the ones that I hear a lot of times, you know, people think that you have to make money every year in your investments. I mean, you should make money every year in your investments. And in reality, I will tell you that it's possible that is not a good thing. Now, you think, Keith, I can convince the, the people out there or convince you? I was going to say, Paul, I don't know if you can convince me that making money is not a good thing. Well, I, it is a good thing. I'm not going to say it's not a good thing, exactly. But it's more powerful sometimes to have volatility in your portfolio. It actually can make you more money. And what I mean by that is, you want to say something? No, uh, but volatility is critical. I mean, that's volatility. We haven't had volatility like we normally do, as we talk about this market. Right. So when Paul's talking about volatility, it's really saying in a normal market that has volatility, swings up and down, it's not a bad thing. It can be a great thing. That's good. So let me, let me give you an example. When is, it, when is it a great thing? Let's go back to the year 2007. Okay. All right. We're going to go back to October 9, 2007. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed at 14,164. If I could tell you now. That was let, a record close. That was right? a record close. Let's just look a little back to March of 2009. It closed at around 60, uh, what, 6,400. Now, if I could t- take back all my clients or your clients or anyone and say, we're going to go in a straight line. We're not going to fall at all. We're going to go from 14,164 till today, 17, a little over 17,000. We're going to go in a straight line. You're not going to have to worry at all. You're not going to lose any money no at all. No emotions. Everyone would jump at that. That would have been better for my hairline. Arch even jumping at yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> however, however, do you realize... Let me, give you an, let me give you an example why that's bad. What if you were buying every month? What if you were like most of the listeners on the program, the listening program now, that are younger, maybe 20s, 30s, 40s, even 50s, you're buying every single month into your 401k plan? So you're making periodic contributions into your 401k, which ultimately means you're buying stocks every month. So let's, let's give an, use an example okay. of that. Let's say that you're putting $100 every month into your 401k. So January, you start putting $100 in, and you're buying XYZ mutual fund or something. And so in January, it's $50 a share, and you're putting $100 in. Keith, how good a math are you? How many shares are you going to get in January? Uh, I'm not that great, but I'm pretty sure I can do that, and we'll get two shares. You're going to get two shares. February comes along, and XYZ goes to $33 a share. How many shares are you going to get? So I'm going to pick up three shares. Would you rather get two shares or three shares? I would rather own three shares. But Take you got your time now. You sure? <laughs> now, let's just make sure you realize, though, that statement comes in the mail, and those initial shares that you bought... Instead of being worth $100, now they're worth $66. So your portfolio is worth $166, and you put in 200 
Next month comes along, and they'll share the, the shares XYZ goes to $25 a share. How many shares are you going to get this month? I'm going to get four. Would you rather get four shares or two shares? I would rather get four. Okay. But all of a sudden, you look at your portfolio, and you've put in $300, and your balance is 225 and I'm what? not pleased with that. The market's gone down. But wait a minute. You just said you'd rather get four shares than two shares. Well, I would. But well, I don't want to lose money. Well, okay, but which one? what's it going to be? So here's the thing. Volatility is your friend. The next month, all of a sudden, it goes back to $50 a share. You get two shares, and you go, I feel so much better now. I get two shares instead of four shares. You tell me another, another product in the world that all of a sudden you feel good when it goes up, when you're buying it. That's a great point. I like to buy things that are on sale. Okay, so in, in, that, in that situation, you got 11 shares over that time period, and you got them for, uh, you, you now have invested uh, over that time period $400, but it's worth $550. $50 times 11 is 550 So you made $150, and the stock market never had another record close. And so my, my point is, that's the same thing that happened way back in 2007, all the way through 2009, the stock market dropped all the way down to over six, under 6,000 points, or right at 6,000 points. And if you kept buying and buying and buying, you actually increased your returns. All that, if you kept doing it every month, you, uh, an analysis I did by Morningstar, you increased your returns by 3%. By 3% by buying low when the volatility gives you buying opportunity. You're buying these stocks when they go on sale. Just keep buying every single month. You know what the reaction, though? A lot of people will call, it, they'll call our office and they'll say, you know what? I, I don't want to take my money out. It's losing money all the time. I just don't want to put any more money in. And that is, again, you should be going, give me more stocks. I want more, more, more. When our, our investments, more investments. That's what I should, when, when it's going down. Absolutely. And I think the key is, again, past performance is never an indication of future performance. And the S&P 500, everybody knows that the S&P 500 and the Dow it's just an industrial average. It's a price-weighted average. And, again, it's just a good index for us to measure against. And so that's what Paul is talking about is buying through or comparing that to what the movement of the Dow or the S&P might do. And listeners should understand, you cannot invest directly in the S&P 500. That is right. a common misconception. That's right. well, the only people. thing I will say this is that you've got to realize that when I'm talking about someone buying, right. so if someone is 65 years old and they are sitting there, they're, they're, they're wanting to take an income each month, they don't want this to happen. I understand that. So Absolutely. It, totally different, different scenario. Don't put yourself, if you're a 25-year-old and you got $3,000 in your 401k, don't put yourself in the same shoes as someone 65 with $400,000 drawing their, their check each month. And so volatility can be, your, can be your friend. And again, everybody needs to understand volatility is the natural part of the market. And what's going, been going on for the last 18, 19 months is we haven't seen that much. Now, we have actually seen a little volatility over the last two weeks. It's picked up a little it's bit. It's picked up a little bit. And volatility, as Paul just said, is your friend if you understand and keep your emotions out of that. He'll, we'll come back after this next break, and he'll talk about some of the emotions. Absolutely. But I would even say as well, you know, when we talk about, you know, using an investment manager, when they have money to put to work, you know, they look at it a very similar way as to what Paul is talking about. When the market uh, is to have some volatility, when stock prices do go down, often that will be a buying opportunity for them is they will have companies that they think are trading below their fair value. So, again, it helps your portfolio. We're speaking with Paul Rich. Paul, we were talking about life insurance and why would you need life insurance if retirement, your kids are out of the house, you're in retirement, why would you have a need for life insurance? Well, we're talking about, again, you know, common truths that aren't so truthful. And oftentimes, right. many people, I think, hear this one. When I, you know, I think this, actually. You know, when I retire, I'm not going to need life insurance. Or when my kids get out of the home, I'm not going to need life insurance. And that may be true. I'm not going to try to say that it's true. You know, I'm not going to try to make that decision. 
But I think what people do is they read a magazine or listen to the radio, and they're listening to the radio now, but they hear this shotgun approach. And really, it's a, it's something that's maybe yours. It needs to be about you and a rifle approach, and that is – go ahead. Go well, ahead. you know, the, what you're talking about is the fact that uh, you do hear this this rifle or you talk about shotgun where they do it – but everybody says this is the broad statement and this is the facts. And the reality is we know that that doesn't always – is not always the case. Yeah, and I'm going to give a story that kind of explains this. I'll, I'll never forget this date. Uh, I actually uh, had a, a family member that passed away who was um, over 70 years old, and uh, between 70 and 80 years old. And uh, I remember going to, uh, at the funeral, the day of the funeral. Uh, we go back to the home of his wife, and we're sitting. I'm, we're standing in the kitchen, and again, this is the day of the funeral. And I, this person, his wife, never ever mentioned money. That I remember before, and never mentioned money to me really after, and and she's still alive. But I remember her looking up at the. I looked over at her, and she looked up at the ceiling, and she said these words. She said, "My income just got cut in half, but my expenses are still the same." And all of a sudden, this rush came over me, and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, he is here. He is seventy something years old. He was, and he needed life insurance." And, and you know, not everyone maybe needs life insurance, right. or, but there are several. You, you life insurance is a wonderful tool when you, you know when your plan doesn't work exactly the way you thought it would. And in this situation, you know, expenses. For an example, we think of oh, my expenses are going to go down if someone passes away. Well, you know, they only had one vehicle, so it didn't go, that didn't go away. The uh, the car uh, tax. I'm sorry, the taxes on their home didn't go away. The electric bill didn't change. Uh, really, the food bill doesn't change that much. I mean, you start going down the list of things, and there's a lot of stuff that doesn't change just because one passes away. They had two pensions, two Social Securities, so all of a sudden it's one pension and one Social Security. Correct. And so that income that she was looking at and thinking about, cut in half, as you're saying, and the reality is life didn't stop or life didn't change that dramatically for her. Exactly. So, you know, basically what this means is, don't listen to necessarily – I'm on the radio. I know, realize that. But don't just listen to someone on the radio or don't read the magazine and think it applies to you. Go talk to someone, a financial advisor, preferably at Schumacher Financial, of course. But go, <laughs> go, go talk to someone. I thought that was a given. Well, <laughs> Go talk to someone and get a plan to determine if you need, need it longer. You and know, I was very much tongue-in-cheek. I absolutely consult a financial professional. And we always say, you know, Paul, one of the answers that we find we have a lot when we're talking about these questions uh, in an individual situation is it depends. And it will be different for different individuals, different situations. But just realizing that sometimes that's an incredibly important thing, depending on, again, your personal situation. Well, you know, when, when Paul talks about that, the reality is uh, we always try to do our own thing. You know, we can self-manage ourselves and uh, you know, at some point in time, and I'm sure in this particular case, in the story of this individual, um, everything was okay. But it would have been great if he would have just stepped aside and said, let me get somebody to give me their opinion, a second opinion, right. a second thought through. And that's uh, all we're talking about. Find someone who's got the experience, not a radio talk show host. I mean, that's but somebody who's in well, the business. Present company well, accepted. present company excluded. No, I mean, in reality, it is. I mean, obviously, we do this every day. But uh, but we do not list entertainer when no, we file we our don't. taxes. When I file my tax return, it doesn't say entertainer. That's on exactly it. right. That's the key. So great point. Here's another question for you, though, Paul. Uh, so many times, people are what we call the do-it-yourselfer. Uh, and uh, we were just in the office recently, and we were talking to someone about his emotions. 
Uh, he's been a client now for seven years. He came to us as a result of the downturn, uh, actually six years, and right in the middle of the downturn. Uh, and he was panicked. I mean, he was, you know, big-eyed and fearful and all those kind of things, and he was very disappointed. He had been listening to a program, and he had got involved, and he would, you know, tell me all the things, the reason why he got started, but there was no one there to hold his hand or that wasn't there to, to guide him through that emotional downturn. And we had a widow in the office just recently that said, I could do this with, you know, talk to so-and-so over the phone all the time, but reality is I want to look at somebody in the face. And so, Paul, the question is, so many people say, can I invest on my own and save cost? And that's one of those hmm, statements we hear, but is it true? Well, I mean, it can be true. I'm not gonna, sure. Again, this is one of those things. It can be true. However, I want to give you an example, and I think this is, applies to uh, this particular topic. But one of the jobs that as a, a advisor, a financial advisor, we're here to basically take out some of that emotion. Right. And one of the things that I think is really interesting, I read a study that NPR did uh, if you want to pull it up, you can go online and, and look it up. Bringing on bad news can fuel daily, and I don't know what the rest of it says, but that is you could type that in on NPR website. But one thing they did was they looked at 4,500 people. They did a study, 4,500 people who were at the Boston uh, Marathon bombing, and they found out that those 4,500 people, they, did, they basically asked them a lot of questions, and then they did some people that watched the news every day during that time. Right. For like six hours. And they found that the people who watched the news actually were more depressed and more upset about things than the people who were actually at the bombing. Wow. Watching the news actually affected them in a worse way than being there. Now, that's kind of scary. But what that what that tells me is, is that you think you can do things on your own. And what oftentimes you do is, is you make decisions based upon what your knowledge only is about the subject. And you may say, well, I'll read a lot of things. But you can read... And common things people read about gold a lot, you know, and, right. and everything about gold they read, read, keep reading it all the time. They don't want to look at the other side because they right. believe it so much. And so, you know, I, I look at that and I go, sure, you, you know, you, if you talk about less expensive, if you go that way, then let's talk about cars. I mean, a Yugo is cheaper than a Cadillac. So, if you want to go less expensive, of course, if all you're thinking about is the, that, then you would never drive a Lexus or a Cadillac or something like that or Corvette. You drive a smart car, you go. And Forbes did a study back in March 28, 2013, when they compared the S&P 500 returns to the U.S. bond index returns, or they also, you know, to the average investor. The average investor from uh, the year 1993 through 2012 earned 4.3% from that time period, uh, is what they made on their money, 4.3%. If they had just put their money, not in stocks, but in bonds, they'd have averaged 6.3%. So just put it in bonds and left it alone. Left it alone. But if the, because the the average investor made four point three, but here's the thing: the stock market made the S and P five hundred made eight point two. So they, that's a huge difference. So okay, the big difference. Now we got to take a break, but when we come back, here's my question to you, Paul: Why did the average investor do so poorly, and and what is the job here of the advisor? I mean, you're talking about emotions. We're talking about you, you remind me of someone who I think is a is a dynamic. World vision type guy, but because I know he listens to the news, as you said, so much, you ought to hear him sometimes in his negative, depressed state. 
it's amazing what you can would happen that way. So I, when Paul, when we come back, I really want to dig into what does the advisor bring to the table because he's really given us some great numbers. I think that's a great point. You know, we can get caught up in this media 24-hour news cycle. And, of course, if it's bad news, it keeps you tuning in. So they have a reason to promote that. So why does the average investor do so poorly? And what's the job of the advisor? Well, I think our our job, oftentimes people think they make fun of advisors. They go, you didn't beat the indexes or whatever it may be. And our job is really not to beat the indexes. First thing is our job is to keep you from being the average investor. I mean, a 4.3 versus 8.1. We don't want you to be a- the average. We want you to do right. way better than that. But, you know, and they'll do that. We got to keep you from making poor decisions. And, I, you know, I'll, give, I'll just give you some examples. Um, one that stands out to me was I remember back in, in the year 1999, 2000, there actually for several years there, large U.S. companies were doing incredible, making just incredible returns. Right. And so here, here's an. Here, let me ask you a question, Keith. An investment that made forty two percent two years ago, and twenty eight percent last year. Uh, pretty easy decision there. I want to keep. Investment. I want to keep buying that investment. Absolutely. Right? Well, what about this? How about would you prefer that investment, or would you prefer one that made lost six percent the two years ago and lost one point four nine the next? Well, one made forty two, loses six. The next year makes 28, loses one, minus one. I mean, that's an easy decision. I want the first one. Right. Well, you know what? That was the wrong decision. <laughs> right. Because the next few years, in fact, for many, many years, the next two years, the, minus tw- the, the positive 22, uh, uh, 42 was minus 22. And, and, the, uh, you know, so, and the other one that was, had lost for two years straight actually made uh, positive 14. And so, you know, what happens is, is they tend, people tend to look at those past returns and think that's going to keep going. And in reality, that doesn't happen. Another thing I think, though, too, is, and it's probably the last thing, but one thing that people do is they make decisions. They don't know what they're talking about. They, don't, they, they hear they're in, their, in their, uh, the uh, office or something. Someone right. says, this is a great investment. They don't do a lot of research. They take all their money. You would never make a decision. You never go out and buy a $100,000 investment without knowing more about it. But people in their 401K will get on the computer, log in, and just transfer money just all over the place without even knowing what they're buying. Without understanding what they're investing with, in. I mean, you would never important. do that right. with a with hundred, with even $10, let alone 100000 And it's done all the time. And so our job is to keep you from doing you know bad decisions like that sometimes. Well, I think that's the critical part. I mean, I, I, Paul always does a good job. And, I mean, from the standpoint of the reality that what's why is the advisor there keep you from making bad decisions and keeping your emotions in check? And that is so, so critical. So, uh, you know, hey, Paul, thanks for being with us today, man. Thank you. I hope you'll join us next week. I'm Keith Quinn. And I'm Jim Shoemaker. Join us next week when we will help you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker and Keith Quinn are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.